Hi everyone, welcome back to the Nick and Sanji podcast where we go through some tips and tricks on how to start and grow a YouTube channel as we ourselves go on that journey. How are you today, Nick? Yeah, I'm good. I'm doing I'm doing good. There's a there's a building being demolished next to me. So hopefully it doesn't the noise doesn't get picked up in the mic. But <laughs> yeah, how are you? I'm well, I'm well. I, I yeah, so far nothing's been picked up, so I think the sound dampening and everything you've got going there is very very handy. Um Actually, which table are we on today, Nick? I know I've recently watched your video on your Ultimate mm-hmm. setup in your studio. You've got yep. two tables. Which one are you on today? I'm on the main one, on my main desk, because that's where I've got my mic attached. So I actually don't use my second uh, yes. desk that much, but I should use it more often because it's got a better view. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. So today we are on to episode 16 on do youtubers need a website so in today's time 2023 there's a lot of mobile first environments there's a lot of apps that are mobile first or more mobile primary there's a lot of people in terms of content creation who have gotten quite big and large from mobile apps um Nowadays, if you're a content creator or if you're thinking of being a content creator, do you really need to have a website or should you focus on other platforms initially? So we're going to go through trying to answer some of those questions, some of the things you could do on a website if you did have one, and we'll touch a bit on how to get started on websites. But there's probably some other detailed content out there that can help you with that, but we'll, we'll get you started on the right track. So Nick, let's try and answer it from a different angle to help people who are listening decide whether they need a website or not under what circumstances does someone not need a website yeah well i've i've been thinking about this since we decided to do this topic because i've been thinking about my own you know content creation journey because i i think i built a website pretty early on um might have been in the first 12 months of creating content and looking back i think i realized i probably didn't need it um for the first, I would say two years for me in my particular um, my particular circumstance, it's really only been the, the past 12 months where I think it's become kind of more useful and I'm starting to focus on it more. And so I think kind of the main reasons why I think I didn't need it earlier on, the first one was just that um, I was still figuring out what my niche was. And so uh, I didn't really have any need to direct people to a specific place, if that makes sense. Like I was making a lot of content about um, all sorts of different things like tech or finance. I was looking back some of my old videos the other day and delisting some old ones. And there was some about mm-hmm. coffee, like I did one about my AeroPress. Like it's some very random stuff. And so I think I was still figuring out, yeah, like what my content was about, what who my target audience was, and, and therefore I don't think there was really any need for me to have a website. Like it was kind of an unnecessary expense. So I think if you're still, um. Yeah, figuring out what your niche is. You don't have a specific target audience in mind and there's no real purpose for your website then, or for a website, then you probably don't need one. Um, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. I agree because there is a cost and we'll, we'll touch on it a bit later, but there is a cost to running a website which, depending on which platform you use, let's say somewhere between 20 and $35 a month just for the mm. platform. And mm-hmm. then you also have to pay for the domain name, which mm-hmm. again, we're not talking big dollars here. Um, actually, I can't even think of what it is. It's it's probably 
50 bucks, 100 bucks a year. Yeah. It's not massive for a domain. Yeah. So there, there is that cost. And then if you do have a website, it's, yeah, it can, it can, it can take away from the time that you should probably spend creating the content. However, mm. I would say, and we can use this as a lead in for when you might need a website is around if you just need a simple one page website, because nowadays you can have some of these one page websites. And yep. I think some of these platforms will help you where you land on the website and it just says, I'm Sanji, I make YouTube videos, yeah. here's a link to contact me and here's a link to my newsletter. Mm. Maybe you can do that. It's a single page, it's not too complicated, mm -hmm. gets the point across. Because I was looking at some, I was looking, you know, I always often use Ali as a reference and I noticed he's always had a website. But I think that's because in his early days, his background was on building websites for people. Mm. So he's always done something on that space. So that totally. so I think I've used some very specific categories as a reference where it's probably not relevant to most people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it really goes back to, again, your specific circumstance, your, your type of content. I think that's the other thing I was just going to mention about maybe when you don't need a website is kind of looking at it as um, a hobby, a hobby versus a business. So I think mm. if you're treating content as a hobby, you know, content creation is a hobby and something you do on the side just for fun or just as like a self-expression or you just want to connect with some people who are interested in the same sorts of things, then maybe you don't need a website. But if you are trying to treat it more like a business, trying to take it more seriously, trying to um, earn a second income or a primary income from uh, YouTube specifically, I guess, but content in general, then I think that's when a website starts to come more into play. And then following on from that, I guess, is where products, you know, come into the picture. Because um, you can obviously, like, especially people on Instagram, I've noticed brand deals are a big thing. You don't need a website for brand deals. You can just do that through e uh, emails. Um, but if you do eventually want to develop your own products, like courses, even like um, having your own digital products or uh, physical products, I think that's when a website really starts um, yeah, to come into play and becomes a lot more useful. Great. Well, let's use that as a lead-in to decide on... What are some of the reasons you might need a website? So I I think we've touched a bit on those around your own products. If you have your own physical products, naturally you'll need your own website. But if you have digital products, that's a great place. Uh, mm. What are some of the other reasons why you might want a website, Nick? Well, again, I was thinking about this. And I think I think the main thing for me, and I'm definitely very keen to hear your thoughts, Sanji, but... The main thing for me is thinking about the importance of owning your own audience. So, mm. you know, I've heard a lot of big content creators talk about the idea that you don't want to primarily rely on platforms that you don't control or own. So, like, obviously, yeah. YouTube, Instagram, any of the main platforms, you don't control or own those platforms. So, you never, you never 100% know what's going to happen to them. Like, mm. you know, I think it's very unlikely, especially for big ones like YouTube, that they're going to fade away you know, overnight and, you know, you lose all your business. But say, you know, that was to happen for whatever reason, if your audience is exclusively on that platform, you've got none of your audience connecting with you elsewhere, then you can lose your entire business, hobby, whatever whatever it is for you. Um, and so that brings in, yeah, the importance of having your own connection, a connection that you control with your audience. 
And I've been thinking about that a lot more myself lately and I've really been trying to work on it because I've re- I recognize that a lot of my audience is just on these platforms that I don't have any control over. Hmm. So I think, yeah, that's kind of the crux of it for me. Um, so, uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's kind of all sorts of different ways that you can, you know, start to develop your own relationship outside of the platforms um, with your audience. But a website, I think, is like the first port of call like as or at least it's like an easy starting point um uh so that's kind of the yeah the main thing i think that's important to me how about you Sanjay? What, what's what's been your experience yeah i i really agree with what you're saying and as you're saying it around the the whole idea of having the ability for your people who follow your content to be on a closer connection with you in terms of the mailing list but it's also a great way to identify what is the proportion of people or what is the total number of people who actually will take the effort to sign mm. up to your mailing list as well because yep. if we think we've got you know maybe 10,000 subscribers or if, if you've got someone who's got 10,000 subscribers and they've got 500 people on the mailing list that's a great way to know okay that 500 people is probably a pretty close representation of your true true fans in a mm. way yeah because they've taken the effort to click three or four more times just to go and sign up to something and they want to hear from you directly or they see some value in you. So maybe within there, there's people who just like watching your videos and then there's people who think, oh, this is the guy who can talk to me directly about my problems. So it's a great way to almost identify that as well. So I absolutely agree. The website should be a way to help you get that mailing list. Websites, some website platforms will help you build a mailing list. Others will more so just be a simple link that you can click on that mm. then goes to your mailing list website, which is fantastic. So another thing to use your website for is having a blog. And this is something that I have on my website, so please do check it out, sanjisen.com. However, I probably don't update it as much. Now, there's a couple of things that I like about the blog, but some challenges of the blog. First of all, blogs are great for just being a way to capture your thoughts if you have general top ideas on a topic so something i've often been thinking about is i can use the blog as a way to kind of collect my thoughts on something mm-hmm. write it out it's almost the pre-scripting if you think about it nick for one of our content mm-hmm. uh, one of our pieces is the idea of you have to write it down anyway so you might as well write mm-hmm. it down in a blog article type format mm-hmm. gives you an opportunity to put the idea out there see how it sits At this stage, I've got quite low traffic to my website. I'm not even sure I get that much. But the key thing is it helps me, uh, it could help me understand, okay, what's a top, what's a popular blog topic that I could then use to turn into a website. Hmm. But it's a great way just to see, okay, what's something that I can capture some thoughts on initially. The second thing is with the blog They're quite good to just help you with the art of writing. So I've been listening to a bit of Seth Godin stuff. If you don't know Seth Godin, he is, you've probably seen some of his content out there, but he's a author, he's a marketer, I think by by training, and he's been running a blog for quite a few years now, and he posts on it every day. So every day he's putting out a post. He's done something like 5,000 posts on there. And I can just imagine the, the the simple fact of sitting down to write every day. I, I haven't followed his blog enough to say it's on any topic, 
but I imagine he probably stays pretty close to the idea of marketing, attention, grabbing people's attention, storytelling, finding your niche, all those types of things. Mm. So if you're writing down every day to create a piece of content on that, that's going to be pretty powerful for you. And similarly, I think about people like Ray Dalio, uh, a popular investment manager or hedge fund manager, and he used to do something called daily observations where he would sit down every day and talk about what happened in the market. Now, it wasn't publicly available, but these were big, thick documents that he was putting together every day based on what he had seen in the market. So, yeah, mm. a few things. There's a lot around the the art of writing and mm. really refining your thinking through that. So all that being said, one thing I definitely need to do better, though, with my blog is, number one, I need to actually be more consistent with writing more on the blog and maybe even starting up a daily practice like Seth Godin has, if anything. I think I could go through a a season where I could probably sit down and write more than one article a day Mm. and then just let it, yeah, sit in in that kind of pipeline. And Mm. I know the platform I use, Squarespace, lets you schedule up articles so I could write a few if I've got a bit of a surge and then let it go through and then come back and keep writing. So the other thing is actually I should say about Seth Godin is once he did that, he also was able to then turn that into a book. So he was able to turn all his articles into a book, which I think is quite handy if you can do that as a a way, just so collects all your thoughts for the internet. Totally. I was going to say um, you could then turn those blog posts, the good ones, into your email newsletters, for example. Or use Perfect. it as a similar sort of experimental place. Use the blog as the experimental place and then refine that into the really high-value stuff that you deliver via email. Um, yeah, that's another thought. But I really like that idea of using the blog as kind of like a development space almost, like mm. a public development space. Because, um, yeah, like as, we, as we've as we both discovered, writing is, is a really important skill when it comes to writing YouTube video scripts and that type of thing makes a huge difference. So the more you can develop that, the better, I reckon. So how do we set up a website if we are very early? It's quite, it's actually quite easy to set up a YouTube channel and an Instagram page, but how do you set up a website if you wanted to get into building a website for your YouTube brand? Well, there's probably like the the simple do-it-yourself ones these days is quite a few like Squarespace or Wix. There's another one. There's another one that's really popular these days. I can't remember the name of it. I don't know if you know the name of it off the top of your head, but um, there's quite a few out there. Um, I've used Squarespace. It sounds like you've used Squarespace as well. It's pretty easy yep. to just build, you know, with blocks and stuff. It's quite straightforward. Um, or you can you can find pretty affordable web designers to build simple websites for you on platforms like Fiverr. Stuff like that these days. I think there's quite a few out there. Um, so it kind of depends, I think, on your budget, how much effort you want to put in yourself, how much you want to pay ongoing, um, and how like I guess how how um, complex you want your website to be mm. at the start. Like if you want it to just be, you know, like we were saying, a simple landing page for people to just sign up to your mailing list, that that's not too complicated. Um, versus you know setting up an entire website with a store with digital products or physical products whatever that's a bit more involved so um i guess it depends on what your goals are but i would say probably for me i think the big thing is to prioritize building that email list Um, Mm. especially if you're, you're still uh figuring out you know 
you're finding your feet in content creation, building your audience, you don't have specific products to sell yet. I think the big thing would just to be try and direct people to your um, to your email list. Um, mm-hmm. I think the other big thing for me on my website is just having a page where people can see all my gear and then using having mm-hmm. affiliate links. That's also been a popular page on my website. But um, yeah, how about you? What's your, what's your big experience getting set up? Yes, so I also use Squarespace, great platform. It does end up allowing you to make it more complicated than you should probably for a website, I find, because it Mm. says, you know, you can have all these pages. But what I would do is take a step back and look at what are some websites that you like So, and similar websites that are kind of in your niche. So I naturally very much like Ali's stuff. So I'm often thinking, how has he set up his website? How much of that should I replicate for myself? How much of that should I ignore because it's very specific to him? And also from that, you can see what platforms they use. So I think to your point, to your question before, Nick, there's one I've I've heard called Ghost, which is probably a new one that I've seen. I think Ali did does use or used to use that it's more of a I think it's a little bit more technical, but it can be made very simple if you've got quite a simple setup. Right. It's very blog post oriented, I believe, yep. but it's a simple website. And I think what you also find is after you set up your website, you find what's a simple one, what's a clean one, what's a quick one. Because I find sometimes the Squarespace websites are a bit slow. Yep. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out maybe down the track I'll change, but I I like my as it is currently. Yep. But yeah, Squarespace, then there's the domain costs, which yes. you can also pay for through Squarespace, which is mm-hmm. which is easier. There's this very messy process. If you don't, you have to buy the domain elsewhere and then you have to get it into Squarespace somehow and get Squarespace to point to it, mm. all, all of that, which is all like stuff that internet website people probably enjoy, but the typical person <laughs> probably doesn't. Yeah. So I would say, uh, yeah, find a website platform that also lets you buy the domain name. And if people don't know what we mean by domain name, we literally mean what's the website address. So if it's Sanji Sen or Nick Kendall, that you actually have to buy. You, it's not just available for free like an email address is. You have to buy it, you have to pay for it, you have to get it registered. But it can all be done through these uh, simple platforms like mm. Squarespace, Wix, maybe Ghost as well. So we've come to the end of the episode, but we'll start a new segment called Tip of the Week. So for this week, Nick, I think we'll go from you, and this is the first time we're doing this, so please leave a comment if you think it's quite handy. (laughs) But Nick, what's your Tip of the Week for a new YouTuber starting out? So my Tip of the Week is a, it's a platform that I recently discovered, I think three weeks ago, so it's pretty fresh. Um, and it's it's a very new platform. They started about three weeks ago as well. I got like the the early bird discount, but it's a platform called One of Ten. So I think it's just One of Ten dot com. Um, and it was started by a former, I think he was a former analyst or thumbnail designer or stuff like that of Mr Beast. So he um he's got connections in the YouTube world. But basically, the way it works is you type in a keyword or a keyword phrase for the video concept that you're trying to come up with and then it gives you a bunch of outlier videos so what i've done before and i I think we've talked about this before that you've probably done as well sanji is you go to other youtubers 
um, pages, look at their most popular videos. And if they've got videos that have more views than their subscriber count, that's considered like an outlier because it's getting more views than their regular audience. Like it's been pushed by YouTube further than their own, their own audience. And that's a good indicator that it's a good concept. It's got a good thumbnail and title. And so it's something that could be good to replicate in your own content. So this, this platform literally does that. It just it, you, you type in your keyword and it gives you a whole bunch of outlier videos um, based on that, on that keyword. And it gives you, even gives you a rating. So it's like um, if, if a channel typically gets 20,000 views on a video, but this video got 40,000 views, it'll have a rating of two times. So it's like a two mm-hmm. times outlier. And you can put heaps of filters, but it's really good so far. I've, I've, I've created two, no, three videos so far with it. And two of them had, have had a lot more success on my channel than I typically get. And they've been pushed by um, YouTube, like recommendations a lot more. So it's, it's still early on in terms of like my experience with it, but so far it's definitely looking pretty promising. So I'm going to keep using it. Um, so if you want to check it out, I think it's, it might be 40 US uh, Australian dollars. 45 Australian dollars a month. Um, mm. But I think if it gets you some some banging video ideas, yeah. then I reckon it'd be worth it. So, yeah, that's my tip. Great. Oneof10.com. Or you can Google the idea of one of 10. I'm sure it'll give you the exact address. Yeah, fantastic. So, Nick, uh, where can yep. people find us outside of the YouTube podcast or the Spotify podcasting space? On YouTube. Uh, Nick Kendall, and then obviously on my website, as we were just talking about, nickkendall.com.au, <laughs> and you can sign up for my mailing list, uh, which is Create Better, the Create Better newsletter. So that's just all on my website. How about you, Sanji? Fantastic. Yes, I'm YouTube, Sanji Sands, and then on the website, sanjisand.com. That is quite ironic. <laughs> we refer to our websites. <laughs> And then my newsletter is, you can find a link on it. You know what? I think our next episode should be on the value of building a newsletter. We yeah, might have to do that. That's a good one, actually. Yeah. We've referred to it quite a lot. And yep. one of us is doing well in that space, the other one isn't. So I think that's, as, as always, a great A-B test environment for our content. And, uh, and then also on Instagram as well, Sanji underscore investing. Yep. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you at the next one. Bye for now. Off it